Tired of jumping from job to job? How about a career in a recession-proof industry where you can make a difference and help create a healthier living and working environment? The pest management industry gives you the opportunity to work with more independence. OPC Pest Services will give you a chance to grow with advancement. Come be a part of our team at OPC Pest Services. Apply online at opcpest.com careers. That's opcpest.com careers. Where do you go to find all your favorite wine, beer, and spirits with selections customized to local tastes? For over 25 years, that go-to place has been Cox's Spirit Shop. Cox's, Louisville's go-to liquor store. From the Liquor Barn Studios, it's time for the V Show, right here on ESPN 680 and 1057. Now, here's Bobby V. Hi, not Bobby V today. Uh, well, they're still out, Bob and Nick. So, stuck with me, I'm Nick Curran here on a Tuesday edition of the V Show sitting in. Thanks uh, thanks for being with us. That always makes people very happy. Uh, should be a lot of fun today. We'll get into a lot of uh, hoops talk from across uh, across the spectrum. Kentucky, a big one on the road at Mississippi State tonight, which we'll get into. Louisville at Cameron Indoor tomorrow night to take on Duke. We'll get into that one as well. Kenny Payne with a radio show last night. You probably heard some of the sound from that, but we'll, uh, we'll re-rack some of that for you. Phil Baker will likely join us at some time in the second hour. We missed the uh, the Sunday morning hangover this week. Uh, congrats to Phil and wife Lauren. Had their second, their second daughter, Chloe born earlier this week so we didn't uh we didn't have the show on sunday but big thanks to jack grossman and letting for letting us use some uh some field of 68 to uh to fill in there and also to uh to the uk post game guys for letting us use that to fill that with a noon tip for the cards in virginia sunday was uh was difficult uh to, to do much of the the heavy lifting for the show so we weren't uh, weren't able to do that so uh congrats to phil we'll hear from him hopefully coming up in the second hour here as mentioned some sound from kenny payne kentucky and mississippi state tonight uh we can talk some louisville women's basketball as well a disappointing loss on sunday against virginia at home the cards back at it thursday night against florida state at eight o'clock tip final two games of the season the regular season on the women's side before the acc tournament uh if louisville could win the final two they'll lock up a double bye in the acc tournament which would be uh huge we can get into that but a, a tough l on sunday you'll hear from uh, from jeff walls tonight the jeff walls show from parlor in jaytown seven to eight over on 93.9 the ville hope you can join us for that or in person but uh, that is coming up tonight and uh, hard to believe this but uh March is obviously the end of this week. Uh, big thanks to my full-time employer, the Louisville Bats, for allowing me to be here today. Quick plug for them. Opening night, March 29th, Friday night, Dollar Beer Happy Hour. Going to be big single-game tickets on sale this Friday at 10 a.m. So uh, the bat season coming up very, very soon. Single-game tickets available. Buddy's Best 5 
plan available, a five-game plan. Uh, if you purchase a five-game or up ticket plan, which are on sale now, BatsBaseball.com, you get uh, a Muhammad Ali bobblehead and an Ellie De La Cruz bobblehead, a first-time ever Muhammad Ali bobblehead, a pretty uh, big deal. So you can get that. Very affordable. The five biggest games of the year, including opening night, July 3rd. Uh, August 10th will be the first ever drone show at Louisville Slugger Field. It's included in that package, so uh, you can pick that up. And uh, if you do, five-game plan or more, you will get uh, a chance to be part of an exclusive season ticket holder pre-sale for Savannah Bananas tickets. Uh, they'll be at Louisville Slugger Field August 1st through the 3rd, and uh, if you purchase a plan that's the only way to to have a chance at tickets now their lottery is closed um so if you weren't in that if you purchase a five game plan or up you can uh, you can have a chance to buy some bananas tickets for that game uh, for that series august 1st through the third somewhere in there so batsbaseball.com for all of that info hard to believe opening day is just around the corner uh 267-9680 the phone number if you want to hop in 267-9680 it's 437-9680 the ups jobs text line texter says Congrats to Phil. Also says, are the superstars of the Bats opener? They are indeed. Opening night, not only $1 beers from 6 to 9, but the superstars will be there. There will be a fireworks show, uh, magnet schedule given away to the first 1,500 fans, and a fish fry. It's Good Friday, Easter weekend. So all that, March 29th, as the Bats host the Indianapolis Indians, the AAA affiliate of the Pittsburgh Pirates. 7-15 first pitch. That's how the season will get going. Friday, March 29th. A ton going on that night, including the Superstars. It's the 25th. uh, We're celebrating 25 years of Louisville Slugger Field this year. Can't say uh, 25 seasons because there was no season in 2020. But uh, the 25th year of Louisville Slugger Field, as it were, is it opened in 2000. So uh, part of that, the throwback $1 beer special, which has been uh, a big part of the ballpark. Uh, now it's $2. Inflation's gotten everybody over the years. But um, $1 beers on that Friday night from 6 to 9. So that should be cool. And the Superstar is a big part of the ballpark's history, too. Louisville-based group, they do a phenomenal job. One of the best uh, entertainment acts, the best for my money, that you'll find anywhere. So you'll be able to see them. Harry Canary will be there. Perhaps Ken Giraffe Jr. Cal Ripken, maybe. Should be a lot of fun. Tim Tebow, perhaps, as well. A lot of great Superstars. Any uh, top Reds prospects? be expected this year for the bats yeah there's gonna be some good ones tanner there will be um well hard to it's always a moving target but most people expect reese hines a stellar outfielder who has probably the most the the experts say the most power uh in the reds organization right now he will likely start a bat he hit one off the batter's eye i think yesterday in a spring training game so um he will be uh, probably here to start the season. Uh, Jacob Herdebees was with the Bats for kind of the back part of last year. He will likely start it with us, a really uh, talented outfielder who can hit, and, and he's fun to watch because he runs the bases really well. Great stolen base guy. He'll probably be with us. Uh, Blake Dunn had a breakout year with Chattanooga last year. I believe um, he was the Reds minor league player, position player of the year last year. Uh, he will likely, most people expect, be a bat. So those are the three position players, uh, the, the three ones that everyone expects to be there at the start or near the start of the year. And then uh, pitching-wise, a ton in the starting rotation. Connor Phillips was a bat the back part of last year. 
really the back half or so made his major league debut he figures to be in the bats rotation at the start Christian Roa uh, another prospect who was with us quite a bit last year probably will be there uh, again. Lion Richardson, a guy who is intriguing as maybe a starter, maybe a reliever, was coming back from Tommy John surgery last year. Uh, he will likely be with the bats at the start, made his big league debut last year as well. Um, Chase Petty, guy who made it to double A last year, either at the, uh, either at the outset or at the uh, early in the year expecting him to be uh, with the bats as well so there's a lot of guys and then beyond that they've signed a lot of veterans um, just because they expect to contend this year to the Reds so they've signed a lot of veterans that we will likely see in Louisville because they want to have guys who can plug spots if there's injuries or the like Uh, so it's an exciting time the Reds expecting to compete this year. A lot of people have them as the favorite in the NL Central. It should be a fun year. A lot of optimism. Complete 180 from what we had last year, where everyone was very down on everything going into the season. There were a lot of young guys in the pipeline, but it was like, yeah, I don't know that they're really going to make it um, last year. And I think they're very ahead of schedule. Matt McClain, Ellie De La Cruz, Christian Encarnacion Strand, all making their big league debuts last year. Spencer Steer took a massive step forward uh, up there, was sort of an outside rookie of the year candidate. Will Benson was spectacular. So, um, you know, ahead of schedule last year, the Reds were. And from where we were at this time last year to where we are at this time this year, it's pretty wild. Completely different outlook from everyone around the Reds and fans and everything. A lot more optimism this year. It's an exciting time of the Reds organization and uh, an exciting time with the Bats. Coming off the first winning season for Louisville since 2011 last year. The Bats had not been over 500 at any point in any year uh, since 2016 before last year, which is absolutely crazy. So, um, yeah, looking forward to... Uh, to the season getting going it will on march 29th hope to see you at opening day and maybe get a five game plan and opening nights included in that and get your muhammad ali and ellie daily cruise bobblehead so there we have it four three seven nine six eighty ups jobs text line zach cantrell's in here as well uh so zach and tanner will help carry us through this because uh well we're trying to make it through on a tuesday um heard you talking with louie about kentucky mississippi state tonight uh big game for the cats Mm -hmm. trying to back up what was an incredible performance against alabama on saturday uh kentucky it's been a while but january 17th handled mississippi state by 13 at home Mm -hmm. uh, but going on the road a little bit of a different story it has been so uh, looking forward to seeing what they do and i'll say this and we'll get to louisville and duke coming up tomorrow night and we'll get to uh, some kenny Payne sound from last night too but, you know, it's been sort of a roller coaster ride of a season for Kentucky. It's ups and downs, and uh, seemingly one game, you know, they go win at Auburn and everyone's back on the train. Right. Then they go lose at LSU and everyone hops back off. Uh, I, I thought, you know, and I know they had the big lead and they blew the lead, and you can't, you can't do that. I get that. But. Like they did what they had to do to win that game, to to eke out a road win at LSU. Rob Dillingham hit the big shot. They're in front, and uh, we didn't get it. Would have talked about this. They got a on stop. The show they just didn't get the rebound. They got the stop, and they didn't get the rebound. That's right. But it was 
such a fluky play. Yeah, the way that ended, like mm-hmm. that. That was a pretty fluky play, right? Like they got not only did they get the offensive rebound, but basically falling out of bounds and a lob up for a guy in front of the basket to score at the buzzer. Yeah, it, it was a pretty fluky loss. Now they I know shouldn't have been in that position. I, of uh, certainly, you're gonna that. That's what the counter is. They shouldn't have been in that position because they had the big lead. But uh, you were on LSU's home floor and. You did enough to have the lead on the last possession of the game, got the big shot from Dillingham, and in effect got the stop, but an incredibly fluky play. Um, so all that to say, I wasn't as far down on uh, on Kentucky after that loss as some were uh, because I felt like it was a little bit of a fluke. And obviously they had the big lead and LSU did a great job to come back and the defensive woes sort of bit them as we've seen throughout the year. But they fought through it and yeah. did enough to be in position to win and just kind of a fluky ending. And in, in a my style mind. where it wasn't where Kentucky's at their best, where they're running up and down the floor. That's why I thought Alabama was a perfect matchup for them because yeah. Alabama and Kentucky play very similar styles. It's just Kentucky has multiple guys that are going to be in the NBA next year and Alabama doesn't have that. So I think in some ways that was the right matchup for them. Mississippi State is a very, very good defensive team. They've won five in a row. We just mentioned Kentucky losing on the road at LSU. Mississippi State just went to LSU and beat them by 20. Yeah. That's a guy they've got Hubbard who's one of the best freshmen in the country. Uh, you know, this might be a game that decides who's the SEC freshman of the year. Is it Dillingham? Is it Reeves? Or is it going to, or not Reeves, is it Reed? I always get those two. Reed Shepard. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. And uh, Hubbard. One of those three guys is probably going to get it. Who plays the best tonight might end up being the guy that wins that award. But I'll tell you what, Mississippi State, they're 28th, 29th in the net. So this is a chance for a quality road win. And, you know, for all the things that have happened to Kentucky, we've talked about this as well. That schedule is going to allow them the opportunity for more quad one wins than just about anybody in America. They just got one against Alabama. They got one against Auburn. Let's see them handle a tough road environment because they haven't been all that great away from Rupp Arena. Haven't been too great at Rupp Arena this year. But we'll see if the Auburn game was kind of the outlier or if the LSU game, the second half, was more of the outlier. Yeah, it- Get a chance to see that. Uh, by the way, Hubbard in the first meeting, one of eleven from the field, one of nine from three. He didn't do anything uh, against Kentucky really in that game. So uh, we'll see. You would expect Mississippi State will get a lot more from him tonight. So Kentucky will have chumps. That was, and it's it, it's funny to say this about a game that that winds up how it did. You know, Kentucky wanted one seventeen ninety five on Saturday, but defensively. That's maybe where I was most impressed because, um, as expected, the they, they were trading baskets back and forth early, and it was like exactly what you expected when those two offenses and two teams that have been not great defensively uh, were, were going at it, and that's the type of game we got. But Kentucky started to get stops, and, and that's why they were able to pull away. Yeah. And, and that's what was impressive. I, I, you know, 95 is a lot of points, but a game like that, high possession. Um, Adam Zucker said at halftime, the shot clock operator can take the rest of the day off because, I mean, that's the type of game it's going to be between those two teams. So I, I was pretty impressed with them defensively. And, and uh, you know, I, I think Alabama got some buckets late after it was – well decided also I I thought Kentucky actually did a really nice job on the defensive end Saturday and that's obviously they hit every shot but I I was as impressed maybe more impressed with it with what they were able to do on the defensive end because um, 
it's a very prolific Alabama offense, and yeah. and they were able to string together stops to be able to pull away. And, and I thought that was impressive. And I think the way Alabama plays plays into Kentucky's hands, as you said, they like to to score and get up and down. Uh, not only because of that, but because they don't hold the ball late into the shot clock. And I think that's where Kentucky runs into issues. If you force them to sit down and guard for twenty or twenty five seconds in a possession. Uh, that's where they struggle. If you are kind of run and gone, I think they can they can get away with what they do uh, on defense a little bit more. But yeah, but, they had a stretch. I think it was the first twelve or so minutes of the game were pretty even, and then the last eight minutes of the first half, dominant. and I think the first eight minutes of the second half, Kentucky not only dominated offensively, they did enough defensively. And what have we said all year about this team? They don't have to be an elite defensive team. They just have to be able to string together some stops. And they had a 17-2 run they had a 20-5 to run they ballooned that lead out to 37 I, I don't really look at the 95 points given up as that big of a deal because I mean how much defensive intensity are you going to have after you're up by 30 they, they were they had the defensive intensity they needed they switched pretty well I thought Big Z played his best game of the season better than the Georgia game and because it was more they needed it more in this yeah. game than they did in that Georgia game he was very impressive and they did this without Trey Mitchell and everybody all year long has talked about who are the two most valuable players in this team it's oftentimes been brought up it's either Trey Mitchell or DJ Wagner I don't think it's necessarily one of those two guys I think it's Antonio Reeves who's actually the most valuable player on this team and I think Reed Shepard's right behind him but to do this without one of your guys that has been a starter all season long and one of the guys who's supposed to be one of your impact guys on the defensive end of the floor I, I thought that was very impressive I thought Onyenso did a good job defensively the way that they were able to switch off ball screens that the fact they were guarding they were up in people's face Alabama even when they made shots they weren't easy Kentucky doesn't have to play 40 minutes of great defensive basketball but if they can play 10 to 15 great minutes of defensive basketball they can play with anybody you could see it kind of turn out like it did on Saturday where they could pull together a big enough lead to to get out of there um and and obviously justin edwards I think everyone's been waiting for that kind of game from him um and I mean to do what he did 10 for 10 and 28 points in 29 minutes um it was a lot of fun to watch he couldn't do that again if he tried no probably not closed door gym session he probably couldn't do that yes to to that extent probably not going to happen again but still um everyone kind of waiting for his bust out game and i i think we saw it on uh, on saturday and uh cats were really good and you know w- when you see that type of performance you get back to man i think they can make a deep run uh, in the you- tournament and, and we'll see because as you said definitely a contrast in styles from saturday to what they'll see tonight on yeah. the road at the hump and um <laughs> just uh, just if they can find a way uh to to get a big win on the road. I, I think it would do a lot uh, confidence-wise to sort of erase what happened at LSU. Right. And then you look at their last three games that they can get by tonight, uh, home against Arkansas, home against Vandy, you're going to win both of those, and then you go to Tennessee. Uh, so you're setting yourself up to, to be able to, to finish. You know, you win tonight, you're probably going to win the next three. Uh, before you play Tennessee on the ninth in the in the regular season finale, which would which would be a lot of momentum headed that, toward the that's postseason. That's a five and one finish going into the Tennessee game, and Tennessee they've had success at uh, at Tennessee before, so they have they'll have every opportunity to win that game. I think what we're seeing is this team is better when they play small. I mean, we saw Big Z, we saw Edwards, we saw Reed, Reeves, and Dillingham. That's their best five man lineup that's out there on the floor. They've been their best scoring lineup all season long. I want to see if Calipari maybe does a little bit more of that and doesn't 
don't make the mistake that you made against LSU when you had Onyenso and Bradshaw on the floor at the same time. So you basically are playing three on five offensively when you do that. Put your five best guys out there on a more consistent basis. I don't. Big Z is the one that's fascinating to me because we had a texter bring this up yesterday. He looks either looks like Akeem Olajuwon or like he's never tied on his shoes in his life, and that's basically the way that he plays. You don't know which version of him you're getting. You know what you're getting out of Reeves. You know what you're getting out of Shepard for the most part. You know what you're going to get out of Dillingham. Now the question is, is it going to be 15 or is it going to be 30? One of those kind of performances. But can you get something out of Z? Can you get something out of Justin Edwards? Can he be a guy that, you know, He's not going to do what he did on uh, Saturday, but if he gets 12 points, five rebounds a game, that's pretty dependable, and he's a guy that can be that guy who kind of goes off a little bit and has one or two of these breakout kind of games, and when you get that, that's going to be tough to stop. We're seeing the trimming of the bench, and I think the story that stood out, Aaron Bradshaw's the the odd man out. We thought it would be Edwards for a decent portion of the season. It's Bradshaw. He's clearly the odd man out. Yeah, we've talked about that on the Sunday show um, a couple of weeks ago, for sure. I I think it is Aaron Bradshaw, and and that's fine because Onyenso's done a great job defensively, a great shot-blocking presence, and Big Z brings you um, a lot on the offensive end uh, if he's in there. So uh, you've got different guys, but I agree. I think Bradshaw's kind of the odd man out. And you know, something else about tonight, it's big for Kentucky to try to get a double bye in the SEC tournament. Um, you win tonight, that would get you to 10-5 and five in the league. Uh, you're probably winning the next two to get to 12-5 and five, uh, and then see what happens against Tennessee. Uh, Tennessee and Alabama, each with three losses. Auburn and South Carolina, each with four. Uh, you're right there with Florida right now with five losses. You split against them. I don't know exactly where the tiebreaker stands there, but uh, you lose tonight. And you're probably not getting a double bye. Uh, it would be awfully tough with having six losses, not having the tiebreaker. Well, I guess you split with Mississippi State, so um, if you lose would, tonight, yeah. But it would be it would be difficult just from a, a loss column standpoint to try to make up um, the ground you would need to get a double bye. But if you win tonight, I think you have a great chance because you have the tiebreaker with Auburn, so you only need them to win or to lose one more time. Yeah. And um, they've still got to they, – they go to Tennessee tomorrow night, so they very well could lose that one. They, they have to host Mississippi State uh, coming up on Saturday. That'll be a tough game. So there's a good chance Auburn could take a loss. Um, you don't have a tiebreaker with South Carolina. You split with Florida. Uh, it does you a lot of good to win tonight in terms of, of getting to a double bye. Does so. Mississippi State allow the uh, cowbells in the basketball arena? Because I don't pay attention to Mississippi State. Basketball. I don't believe they do. Uh, I, they don't have the cowbells in the arena? I think I'm, they do. They, they might sneak them in there. I thought, I, I I thought it was like their thing. It should be their thing. Right? Yeah, I don't know if they have them in there. I'm not assume, the arbiter of Mississippi State basketball. So. I would assume they do. Also, Zach, why is... I, like, I know it's an away game, but why is UK the underdog on many sports books right now? Because I, I can see it. Mississippi State, they've won five in a row. They've beaten some good teams at home this year. They beat Tennessee at home. They beat Auburn at home. So they've got a substantial home court advantage. Chris Jans, as a defensive mastermind, I think is one of the most underrated coaches in the country. I know him because he was coaching at Bowling Green toward the end of my time there. So, you know, he, he's a guy that defensively he will turn up the intensity on Kentucky and this is not the matchup for Kentucky that Alabama was Mississippi State will make them guard for 30 seconds they will take possessions down they will play tough defense I I think Kentucky's got a good chance to win the game but 
Mississippi State being the favorite does not really surprise me that much. All I'm saying is, though, UK as an underdog. Give me that. What? Give me that. Okay. I, I mean, like it. Yeah, don't hate it. Uh, they haven't been great on the road either. I think that's probably the other thing that factors the, into it. The Auburn game uh, being the exception, the LSU game being a tough tough L, but, but if things go exactly like they did at LSU, you'd probably get a win on that bet. Uh, Chris Jans also, um, is there – he looks like – like a bartender from the old west which is ironic like. considering how he got fired at Bowling Green well but that's what he looks like yeah, he looks he like some dude who maybe not a bar, like a blacksmith something yeah. from the old west no, I, he, I, he looks like he stepped straight in from the frontier oh yeah no he's a playable character in GTA no that yes yes that's perfect just put him in a vest and uh like like a seersucker and yeah yeah it's perfect yep that's him Maybe that's what I'll wear. I don't think Cal. I don't think you could play as Cal in GTA. Yeah, I don't think he fits that mold. No, probably not. How, so if let's just say this too, if they lose tonight, do you think he'll have a longer press conference than LSU, or you think he's going to go down to two minutes? Depends instead? on how they lose. Yeah, I, I mean, I think, I I think, and people made a big deal out of that, and that's fine. I get it, but but I think the way they lost had a lot to do with that. No doubt, with that particular press conference. Uh, that was tough that's a tough way to lose and um i think you feel like you did everything you know you blew the lead we talked about that and i get it but you're in a tough environment on the road you're just trying to scratch out a win however you can and you felt like you got it and kind of a fluky play in my mind and and then you don't got it so yeah that's what i think led to uh led to the short presser and we'll see if you get whooped by 20 i think you probably sit up there and, and talk a little longer when you when you know it's coming and you feel like you didn't deserve to win i think that's where you sit up there and probably try to send a message to some of your guys because that's what at times cal likes to do so we'll see fun stuff tonight um very meaningful game uh with march quickly approaching with kentucky headed to mississippi state for a seven o'clock tip so should be fun you'll be part of the post game show tonight right I will. that's the plan yes i will be here tune in right after the final buzzer here on espn 680 and 105.7 we'll take a break plenty more to come phil baker joins us at some point in the second hour talking about uh the cats probably the cards and more kenny Payne, his radio show last night a couple of uh, clips from that some I mean, some somewhat interesting stuff. Louisville headed to Duke tomorrow night, which we'll get into. Uh, we can talk some women's hoops as well. What's ahead for Jeff Walls' team? The Jeff Walls Show tonight, 7 to 8 over at 93.9 The Ville. Hope you can join us for that. We'll take a break. On the other side, we'll probably get into some of the Kenny Payne clips and, uh, and more. It's a Tuesday edition of the V-Show. Thanks for being with us with Bob and Nick, both out here on ESPN 680 and 105.7. Taking care of your family isn't always easy, so we make sure getting care when you need it is. With Baptist Health Urgent and Virtual Care, we bring you more options and greater convenience, too. With video visits available 24-7 and online check-in through MyChart for in-person visits. To check in online or to set up a video visit, go to baptisthealth.com slash careanywhere. 
When it's time to replace your heating and air system, we know people want options. That's why you'll always get a free second opinion with BJ Heating and Cooling. Plus, for a limited time, get 0% financing for 60 months on a new Bryant system. Call the experts you can trust at BJ Heating and Cooling. More B-Show with Bob Valvano is now, right here on ESPN 680 and 105.7. Bob and Nick out today. Thanks for being with us on a Tuesday edition of the V-Show. You've got Nick C., Zach C., and Tanner sitting in. Phil Baker joins us at some point during the second hour. We talked a lot of cats during the first segment. Uh, you can text us, by the way, 437-9680-UPS-JOBS text line. Uh, mentioned the texter asked about the Superstars being at the opener. Indeed, they will be. Uh, texter said, can't tell you how much myself, my friend, and her kids enjoying going to Bats games. Get, got their kids club, but it's also something available at BatsBaseball.com. The kids club package, you get a 502 Connect jersey. Uh, very popular last year, the brand new jerseys. Uh, comes in that for the kids. And... Uh, so they got a kids club for friend's eight-year-old son, and so the jersey's his new favorite shirt. That's great stuff. Love seeing stuff like that. Uh, Texter says, National League Central's up for grabs. Any team in the division. I do think it could be very competitive. Obviously, the Cubs re-signed Cody Bellinger. was a big deal. Uh, but I think the Reds are right in that mix, and um, that's not something we would have said going into last season. So uh, we'll see. The Reds are right there uh, with anybody. If the signing of a Frankie Montas can kind of work out um, and bolster the rotation a little bit with the young guys they've already had come along, it, it could be a very nice year for Cincinnati. Uh, Texter says, would you say Kentucky was snake bitten? <laughs> That's good. <laughs> we get that on all the other shows, too. We get everybody asking if you think they're snake bitten. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, I get it. Uh, Texter says, Blake Dunn, decent chance a guy like Mike Ford and Bubba Thompson get to Louisville too? Yes, absolutely. Mike Ford, a recent minor league signing by the Reds. Uh, Bubba Thompson has been everywhere in the offseason. The Reds uh, had him off waivers earlier in the offseason. They've had him back off waivers. He's probably probably a bat to start the year, barring any uh, spring training injuries. Mike Ford, I think, does have an opt-out late in spring, so we'll see uh, if he takes that or not, but could very well be a bat. And a texter also, same texter, said, I'll push back on that. They've been decent on the road outside of LSU, he says, uh, about Kentucky. Uh Florida was a good win. South Florida, Carolina was a terrible showing. They didn't South, show up in that. South game. Carolina was was not a good effort. The Florida win was a good one. The uh, a lot the better Auburn than it looked at the time. No, I, I think. Um, yeah, I think. I think it's fair to say they've been decent on the road. Yeah, um, I'll maybe, give you decent. They've been inconsistent basically everywhere. Yeah, um, I was going to say at home they haven't been great. Yeah. Either. Um, Texter says a whole lot of those ninety five points came in that garbage time at the end of the game. Mm-hmm. Alabama agree with that another texture says the 95 points does matter alabama did what they've been doing all season on offense kentucky's offense was just unstoppable it was but there was a stretch where i thought kentucky guarded and that uh and that won them the game 
Yeah, didn't they have like a 22 to 2 run towards the end of the first half? Yeah. Yeah. So it went from competitive to 58-42 very quickly. <laughs> very quickly. And then it went to 37 in the second half. I think the the big run might have come in the second half. And I'll give Calipari this. And I talked about it yesterday. Alabama had a couple of big baskets to start the second half. They Kentucky was up 20, I think it was, and then they cut it down to 14. Calipari, we talked about against LSU, was hesitant to call a timeout. He called a quick timeout, got the game back under control, and Kentucky ballooned the lead out to 37, and that was pretty much that. So good, good adjustment by Cal. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Um, great stuff. Our buddy, uh, oh, Jeff that we hear from during uh, during bat season a lot texting in appreciate that uh, texter says how many times this year has UK followed up a big win with another win probably not many that's right I think that's why Ole Miss and Auburn I guess would be the closest back to back I think yeah would say. the Ole Miss win at home and then going to Auburn was very nice but um, it, it hasn't been a ton There's, well, that's the inconsistency we've talked about and I think that is another reason why tonight's game is big to see if they can sort of validate the win on Saturday with another good performance against a team that is going to be stylistically basically completely different from what they saw Saturday hey they followed up the North Carolina win with the Louisville win okay <laughs> had to okay uh but yeah that same texture also said congrats to phil indeed congrats indeed. to phil and yes four three seven nine six eighty ups jobs text line uh louisville on the other hand headed to duke tomorrow night talked about kentucky trying to get a win tonight perhaps to uh to have a shot at a double buy in the sec tournament uh louisville will not have a double buy in the acc tournament uh louisville could not be catching duke at a worse time either uh, yeah no <laughs> just kidding. on top of everything else with the loss at wake forest on saturday and the the court storming discussion just not not the time i think you want to be going to play them uh just on top of everything else off that uh loss to notre dame um for for louisville uh kenny payne did have a radio show last night and um you know interested he talked and this is one of the things this is a clip two from kp uh one of the things that will be a talking point as the season winds down um and he talks a little bit about mike james which obviously we've we've seen him and um we know how much kenny payne likes and admires mike james has said multiple times if we could just have a team full of him we'd be in great shape but uh, also the injuries this year and not just the ones to guys that have ended the season like a dennis evans and a, and a J.J. Trainer, Obviously, Trenton Flowers ended up deciding to go to Australia. But you've had uh, Sky Clark in and out of the lineup. You've had Trey White miss some time. You've had Emmanuel Okorafor miss time. Uh, you've had Tyler Johnson miss time. There have been a lot of injuries. And uh, on the show last night, KP talking about those things with Paul Rogers. We've talked about Mike a lot this year, how much he means to this team, and he, he seems to sort of carry the burden of things also. And yep. uh, I, I think you were trying to work a, a mental cleansing of sorts with him. Uh, Offered to give him a little time away. He wouldn't take it. But but why does he feel so uh, responsible for things, do you think, and carry such a load on his shoulders? I think, you know, Mike has been here through some hard times. Um, you know, the first year having the injury. Um, last year, uh, you know, 
the team being the way it was comprised and what we went through last year. This year, you know, all the if we started out with this group of guys that were really talented, and um, you could see the potential in, and there's been injuries with JJ and with, you know, we had the Dennis and we got Trenton Flowers, and there's just been all of these things that has taken a toll on this team, and and Mike feels like we we keep taking a step forward and something brings us back. And so for him, it's more like I want to win. I want Louisville to be proud. I want them. I want us to be a good team. I want to prove people wrong. I want us to earn this respect. And he takes it and puts it on his shoulders. And so what happens is instead of letting it come, you're going to have bad days. You're going to have things that don't go right. Uh, but you got to be able to let it rub off you, let it bounce off you, and then come back and fight for the next day. Um, so I think that's, you know, the toll on him has been that. Um, the toll on him has been, you know, as a leader, we're counting on him to be uh, the mental leader, the vocal leader, the physical leader. <laughs> we ask him to do a lot. And um, we play him one through four, <laughs> um, put him all over the court, and just ask him to just let your spirit of fight lead us. And um, that's a lot. That's a lot for one player. Uh, but I believe in him, uh, and I love him as a player. I love him as a person, and I, I truly believe that character overcomes a lot of different other things. Yeah, and I, I think um, it's Kenny Payne last night, part of the Kenny Payne show. You heard it over on 93.9 The Bill with Paul Rogers. I, I think that, um, you know, th- that's part of it with Mike James. And, and I, I think he's become a fan favorite, even playing on teams that that haven't been great. Uh, obviously, the injury what would have been his true freshman year a couple of years ago we never got to see him and then uh last year uh he was a major piece and a guy that you know people said gotta keep that guy around and and did uh for this year and uh, going into the season people hoped he could kind of be a cornerstone for a lot of success with with an upgrade in talent uh this season it just it hasn't worked out and the the injury thing and the, the losing players thing in some instances with Trent Flowers deciding to go play professionally in Australia and obviously whatever happened with Karan Davis. Um, it, it's, um, it's, it's going to be a narrative um, as the season winds down. And um, that is the biggest counter argument for people calling for, for KP's job is mm-hmm. that, um, you know, you didn't get to see at least once you got to late December, mid to late December. And if you want to include Trenton flowers and everything, you didn't ever get to see it exactly what this group you were hoping that they could be with all the pieces intact. And, um, and obviously I still think without Trenton flowers, without Karan Davis, who both obviously never played, they're good enough, had enough talent at least to to have a much better season than they're having. Yeah, it's um, not the injuries as to why they are where they are. It's I, a factor, but I, it's I, not I do the think reason. Like a JJ trainer injury sure. is a factor. Yes, um, Dennis Evans, you know, not being medically cleared to play now 
a right. factor. Mm-hmm. Um, Sky Clark in and out, a factor. Trey White in and out, a factor. Tyler Johnson in and out, a factor. Sure. Um, all those things certainly play a role. Um, and so how much is that looked at? Is is the big question? They were and, decently healthy early in the season. They still went five and seven against correct. one of the worst non-conference schedules in the country. And, th- and that's the big thing. Um, there's a lot of things that are going to be on the side of this isn't working out. But I, I think one of the major ones for this specific year is the relative weakness of the non-conference schedule. Yeah. There, there weren't a lot of. Uh, big name teams it was a it was a pretty soft schedule and a chance to hopefully get things going right early which i think was by the way really smart uh to to try to have a soft non-conference schedule because ideally you could get some wins at the beginning even the umbc game to start the year it, it wasn't pretty but you found a way to win it sure and hopefully you could get things building in the right direction and it just didn't quite materialize that way. Yeah, when you have Chattanooga, New Mexico State, and Pepperdine, those and DePaul, Arkansas State, DePaul, Arkansas State. When you've got that on your schedule, that's a, a schedule that you need to win nine or ten games going into the Kentucky game, so you can have some momentum going into ACC play. And that just that never took place. And if they had been looking very good against that schedule and then the injuries started stockpiling, I would look at this situation a little differently. It's just one of those. Look, if year one, you want to say that he didn't have necessarily great ingredients and he didn't really have the opportunity to cook, I'll give you that. But when you have the talent, eventually when you start getting better food, now you need to start making better meals. And eventually it just comes back to the chef can't cook. And it doesn't matter. And I said this with the Bozich article with the two top 20 recruits. To me... It really doesn't matter if you give them Michelin star ingredients. If the chef can't cook, you're not going to make a good meal. And and that's the ultimate question that is going to be decided by people who are much smarter and much more in tune with this than me. Um, yeah. Is is which one of those narratives wins out? But I certainly think this team has enough. I thought last year's team had enough talent certainly to win way more than four games. Not sure. Not saying they were like an NCAA tournament team if they last just, year. If they just did what say Notre Dame's doing this year, exactly. where Notre Dame's ten and seventeen. They're not good by any means, but we see kind of what their identity is. We see what they want to be, and eventually, once they get that talent or, in, you think they're going to have some success. Or even what Georgia Tech is doing with Damon Stoudemire. Sure, uh, they, they're having a tough year, but the, but they they Beat have North beaten Carolina North Carolina Duke and Mississippi State. Yes, um, like there's flashes. You, you, there. you would say you okay. would work with that exactly. But last year won really no goodwill, and uh, and this year hasn't been what people were hoping it would be. Uh, also, one of the things from the show last night, Paul asked about uh, if players are are kind of confused why they're not winning and just kind of that whole situation we hear kp talk a lot this is cut three and here's what uh, what kenny payne had to say last night on the kenny payne radio show i mentioned to you uh, during a break a while ago with no game on saturday i probably watched more basketball in one day than my bad oh no worries uh, here we go look a little bit of a technical issue well here's cut three uh kenny payne talking to paul about if players are confused as to why they're not able to find more wins. I think about this frequently when I'm, I'm looking at the players on your team um, and 
what they've been through in their careers, high school, college, whatever, and and some individual things that have been accomplished this year. I mean, whether it's Sky Clark, whether it's Trey White, whether it's Brandon, whether it's Tyler, and I'm sure all these guys feel like they're good players, and they're just puzzled as to why it hasn't translated into more wins. And I, I think you're probably grappling with that a little bit too. What do you tell them? Well, I just tell them like. If it was easy, everybody would be doing it. Can you imagine being the team that, for example, wins 80, 90 percent of your games? What are they doing every day? Can you imagine what what does their team look like? The one thing that most teams that really win a lot, they have experience. Um, They're older. Um, And so for these guys, for the first time, their DNA has been, I score. Now their DNA is I got to share. I got to give. I got to give offensively. I got to give defensively. And I never really maybe have been a defensive guy. But I have to in order for us to win because the other team can score as well. Um, So I think they go through a little bit of that. But also I love the fact that they hadn't quit. They keep fighting. They keep trying to, and they want to do right. They want to do well. They want to play well. Um, but winning is hard, and we have to continue to grow and continue to make good decisions on the court and 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 fight and fight for each other. I mean, that's all that's left for this team. I think the rest of the year, just trying to find uh, a way to 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 win a couple, and you know, th- there will be a chance to win at least one game in the ACC tournament because they're they're going to be playing somebody not great. Um, so we'll see. Uh, the trip to Duke coming up tomorrow night at Cameron Indoor, obviously, 7 o'clock uh, tomorrow evening. You'll hear it over on 93.9 The Ville. And then the, <laughs> the home game against Syracuse on Saturday, we'll see if uh, – if they could sort of get a little bit of revenge with the the odd way, certainly that that game ended, uh, that was wild stuff. And and then you've got uh, Virginia Tech coming in here, who they lost to earlier this year, and then they wind up the regular season with Boston College here at home. So, uh, will be very interesting to see how uh, how everything shakes out. Um, the the last four games of the regular season, and then uh, into the ACC tournament, a chance. So maybe get a game there on Tuesday in the ACC tournament. They're we'll all see. winnable games, too. That's the thing we talked they about are. before the Notre maybe Dame not, game. Maybe not tomorrow. Night. Maybe not. No, not the Duke game. That was never going to be a winnable game. But we thought the, the Notre Dame game was probably their most winnable game. Syracuse at home. Syracuse has been good up at the, I'm still calling it the Carrier Dome. Yeah. They haven't been necessarily great away from home. But And Louisville should have won the first time they played Virginia Tech. Louisville was competitive in Blacksburg earlier in the season. They're all winnable games, but... Do you really have any confidence that they're going to win any of these games? Because I'm just after, especially after Notre Dame. After you get punked at no. home by Notre Dame, I've got no confidence that they're going to win any of these games. But they're doable. They you are, can. and uh, you know we said that about the Boston College game there, and things kind of really fell apart in the second half of that game, and that's where um, the the current big lull was. Uh, Louisville lost to Duke earlier this year, back on January 23rd. It was an 83. 83- 69 Duke win. Nice. Uh, it was, yeah, it was one of those, uh, you know, it was kind of one of those games that uh, 
that have become sort of the Louisville trademark this year. Um, fall behind, try to cut down the lead, and then just not quite be able to, to get over the hump. Um, KP talked about playing Duke for the second time in the first meeting. This is cut 11 from last night. Here's uh, Kenny Payne talking about a, another opportunity against the Blue Devils coming up tomorrow night. Game two against Duke. They won here on January the 23rd, 83-69. to 69. What do you need to do different this time? Well, I've watched the game twice uh, over the last couple days, and, and we did a lot of good things. Um, Paul, we... we we attacked the lane. We moved the ball. We played fast. Um, what we have to do different is we can't let Proctor go off and hurt us the way he did down the stretch of that game. Um, we got to be alert to passes, um, get in passing lanes, be trying to play to get deflections, got to rebound, and got to share the ball. We got to cover for each other defensively and impose our will on them in a hostile environment. They're coming off a loss. They got a lot they plan for, and, and we got to know exactly what that environment is and, and be ready to go into that environment and fight with everything we got to get a win. We'll see if they could find a way to pick up a very improbable win tomorrow night. They did shoot 24 free throws that first meeting against Duke. Mm-hmm. Uh, 16 of 24 from the free throw line. So as, as you heard uh, Kenny mention there, they did get they did attack well and got to the free throw line. Shot a good percentage, really, 46%. Uh, so that wasn't bad. Um, couldn't hit threes in the second half. They hit four of them in the first half. They got just destroyed on the backboard. Uh, Duke out-rebounded them by 15, so that's certainly a big point of things. Took care of the ball well in that game. Only had 10 turnovers. Duke had 9, so that wasn't a huge factor. Uh, but Tyrese Proctor, 24 points in that game off the bench for Duke. So that's what KP was referencing there. Can't let him go off. We'll see. Brandon Hundley-Hatfield had 20-11 and 11 in that game, so he played very well. Um, we'll see. And I, I don't think Tyler Johnson was quite to where... You look at him now. Caleb Glenn only played seven minutes. He's certainly been much more of a factor lately. So some things have changed. Louisville a full week off. We'll see what that means for tomorrow night. You would think they come out as rested as they've been all season long, and maybe they got some good practice time. I don't know what Kenny Payne decided to do because last week he was talking about giving them a day or two off, perhaps for their own headspace or whatever. We'll see if that ends up paying off. But, I mean, would it be unprecedented to see them be competitive in this game? No, because they did it earlier in the year at North Carolina. They were competitive for a good portion of the game against Duke. I mean, so no, if they're going to put their best foot forward, it's going to be tomorrow. And it would not surprise me if this game, if Louisville hangs around for a little bit, it's more the pick game. It's more the Virginia game that they just never seem to match up very well against those teams. I, they get, they're not going to win tomorrow night. It wouldn't surprise me if that game is maybe a little compet- more competitive than people think. At the same time, though, this is the worst time that they could be playing Duke. Coming off the court storm, coming off you know, Kyle Filipowski getting hurt. Sounds like he's going to be fine. I don't really know what to expect tomorrow. <laughs> In a nice little roundabout way, I have no idea what to expect. I, everything's out there except Louisville actually winning the game, I think. It's kind of been the story of the season. Yeah. Don't really know what to expect. Don't really know, except that they're going to lose. Unfortunately, that has been the story more often than not. Uh, Louisville at Duke tomorrow night, 7 o'clock. You'll hear it over on 93.9 The Ville. We'll take a break. Uh, getting set for the second hour. Phil Baker will join us at some point during the second hour. We can keep talking cards and cats. 437-9680, the UPS Jobs text line. 
if you want to weigh in with some uh, some Reds or Bats baseball as well, we can talk some women's hoops. A lot going on there. Uh, hot ticket to see Caitlin Clark in Iowa host Ohio State coming up this weekend. Uh, Ohio State trying to be a one seed. Like five hundred dollars to get in price. Yeah, the show. lowest it's crazy. Four eighty one. I think I How showed you it's number two versus number five. That's as big of a women's basketball regular season game as there's been in a really long time. Especially in the Big Ten, I which think, is not. I think enough. I saw it was the most expensive women's basketball ticket ever, ever, ever. Yeah, women as WNBA. far as college or WNBA. Yeah. Oh yeah, by far. It's uh, it's gonna be a lot of fun. Uh, cards. Florida State, 8 o'clock here at the KFC Yum Center on Thursday night. So uh, we can uh, jump into all that as well. Plenty more to come. Hour number two. It's a Tuesday edition of The V Show here on ESPN 680 and 105.7.